Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. We are fully in the Christmas season here at Horizon West Church. We don't hold back. And so just want to um, invite you as we come into the season, as we come to remember the reason for this season, that Jesus is here with us. Let's watch this together. first Christmas. Here, let me show you. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Nearby, there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God to the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And three wise men came from the east, having followed a star in the night sky. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome again to Horizon West Church. Uh, We are, as Socrates shared, fully in Christmas season. um, And we want to remind you what Christmas is really all about. The kids did a great job of of expressing that via video. Uh, But Jesus is is the reason behind not only Christmas, but everything we do at Horizon West Church. It all centers on that powerful name of Jesus. In fact, most of you would not know, and even if you were here, you may not remember that the very first song that we ever sang together as a church on September 30th, 2018, was What a Wonderful Name It Is. 
the, the song we sung a moment ago. And the reason we did that is we wanted to establish from day one that all that we do at Horizon West Church and all that we ever will do is to reflect the name of Jesus and to point people to him. This is also what motivates us to take action to serve our community and the world around us. I want to give you a quick update on something many of you participated in called Project Noel. Um, And what we had the opportunity to do as a church was to partner with this organization. And what Project Noel is, it's an organization that serves families impacted by addiction right here in Orange County. And uh, we had the opportunity, we were given 40 names of children that are in families uh, affected by addiction. Many of these children lost a family member in just the last six months. And those kids gave us their Christmas wish lists. And because of your generosity, all 40 of those kids got Christmas what they wanted. I want to thank you for giving and let's celebrate together what God did through that. This is exactly what Edwin shared with you at the top of the service. We are a diverse community of good friends, together doing good works and sharing the good news of Jesus. It's the the who we are, the what we do, and why we exist all wrapped up in one. But it's all about Jesus. He's the reason that we facilitate small groups and volunteer teams and Bible studies. Jesus is the reason, and this mission that he's given us is the reasons why we do things like celebrate recovery and family advocacy ministry. And it's why we partner with organizations like Project Noel or other uh, ministries in our area. You might remember about six weeks ago that we had a Giving Sunday, and I never followed up with that to tell you what was given on that Sunday. This was a Sunday we dedicated everything that came in at all of the campuses of First Orlando to immediately go out to other ministries and organizations in Central Florida And I want you to know this morning that over two dozen local organizations serving our community on that day from all the campuses of First Orlando, including Horizon West Church, raised $860,000 that immediately went into local ministries and organizations. Would you just again thank God and celebrate what he's doing in our midst? Well, it's the good news that it's going to be the focus of our time this morning as we plod through this message that came from the angels in Luke chapter 2. And each week, over the next several weeks, we're going to take one aspect of that message and we're going to shine a spotlight on it and kind of go deeper into it. You already heard it read by my buddy Joel's daughter in the video, but I want to read for you again Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14. You're welcome to follow along or follow on the screen behind me. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I told you last week that the the meaning of a thing is found in the message. The challenge with that is that sometimes the message gets lost in translation, right? There was a commercial that came out several years ago. I think it was probably a Super Bowl commercial when it first came out. And it was for a language learning software. Some of you, as we sang the songs in Spanish a moment ago, thought, I'd like to learn that language. 
Many of you are learning English or Spanish or Portuguese right now, but, but this was a language learning software. And, and in this little commercial, there was a German Coast Guard train, training guy uh, who was training another German Coast Guard officer. And this young officer is situated at a large panel with buttons and machinery and, and a microphone. And as soon as he gets situated, there's a voice that comes through the airwaves. It's a British naval ship officer. He says, Mayday, Mayday, is anyone there? Mayday. And the German young Coast Guard officer leans in. He says, hello, I'm here. The British officer says, Mayday, Mayday, help us. We're sinking, we're sinking. And the German Coast Guard trainee leans in and says, what are you sinking about? (laughs) The message matters. Sometimes it gets lost in translation. And when you lose the message, you lose the meaning. When we lose the message of Christmas, we lose the meaning of Christmas. Some of you played telephone when you were a younger child. Some of you kids in the room, maybe you've played telephone. Somebody starts a sentence and then it passes through one, two, three, seven, ten, however many other children. And more often than not, by the time the message gets to the last child, what has happened? It's distorted. Now, I was that kid that did that intentionally, but even if you were not, it's easy for the message to get lost in translation, for distortion to come. And unfortunately, over nearly 2,000 years, some have distorted the gospel message to sound like this. If your good works outweigh the bad you do, God will be happy with you. A distortion of the good news. Or maybe that the whole gospel that you heard was pray this prayer and whatever that formula is, one day you get to go to heaven when you die. Or maybe that distortion came through as what really matters is that we get the right candidate in office. This and many other ways have have distorted what the actual good news of the gospel is. But the original message was simply that, good news of great joy. So we're going to look at that good news this morning. We're going to ask a few questions of it. And the first question I want to ask is, what is the good news? In the original language of the New Testament, primarily written in Greek, that word is evangelon. You may hear in that word other words that are in English, evangelist, evangelical. Those come from that same root word, which is transliterated simply as good news or gospel. Now, what might surprise you is to know that the message of Luke 2 was not the first gospel to be proclaimed. In fact, it was a term that was used of Caesar Augustus and what is called the Pax Romana or the Peace of Rome. Here's something I came across this week and and listen to how people of the first century viewed Caesar Augustus. The most divine Caesar we should consider equal to the beginning of all things for when everything was falling into disorder and tending toward dissolution, he, Caesar Augustus, restored it once more and gave the whole world a new aura, Caesar, the common good fortune of all, the beginning of life and vitality. Whereas the providence which has regulated our whole existence has brought our life to the climax of perfection in giving to us this Emperor Augustus, who being sent to us and our descendants as Savior, has put an end to war and has set all things in order. And having become God, Caesar has fulfilled all the hopes 
of earlier times? Do you see the contrast with the gospel of Caesar and the gospel of Jesus? Gospel in its original form was a political ideal. And the danger we face in the 21st century is that it's moving in that direction again. I want to tell you clearly, the gospel is not political. The good news of Jesus is not something politicians can give to us. No politician, no form of government, no human philosophy or way of thinking can bring true good news and true peace. Socrates, as our worship leader, has invited many of us, staff and volunteers, to participate in an Advent reading over this Christmas season. I think we're on day four of that reading. And I read something as I was in the middle of of thinking about these concepts, the the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana versus the gospel or good news of Jesus. And this is what I read in the Advent reading. Just as many at that time saw only their need for a physical outward freedom, God knew that without freedom in their hearts, they would never walk in the abundant and free life as he intended. Our Savior didn't come to bring a temporary solution to physical needs, needs that would come and go. By contrast, unto you is born in uh, the city of David this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news, friends, is this, that God made a way for our sins to be forgiven and our souls restored to God. And so we ask, why is this good? Well, well, first of all, that's two reasons. It's good because our sins are forgiven and we're restored to fellowship with God, but it's even bigger than that. Let me talk a little more again about the Pax Romana, this peace of Rome. This is a concept that historians have given to the 200 years that began with the reign of Caesar Augustus because what happened in uh, something like 50-something BC before Jesus is that Caesar Augustus comes to power and all of a sudden through a victory over Mark Antony and Cleopatra, he kind of subverts his enemies There's not any more political infighting or civil war in the Roman Empire for nearly 200 years. It's internal stability brought on by the reign of Caesar. In other words, the the peace of Rome was accomplished through bloodshed. It was won through warfare. And not only that, but it was a circumstantial peace. A peace that could change the circumstances where someone's not trying to kill me or be at war with me. And this is all that human entities can really accomplish for us. That they can bring varying levels of internal stability to our systems and our society. And that matters. But no politician and no form of government can break the power of addiction and compulsive behavior in your life. No politician can reconcile a damaged relationship or quiet the anxious and crippling thoughts in your mind. We needed a good news that was better than what we had. The good news of Jesus is good because it inaugurated the birth of one who would bring true peace and stability internally. Something entirely different than any other ruler since or before was able to accomplish. The good news of Jesus was an invitation back to the way of life that we had in Eden. Before there was divorce and disease and depression, before there was abuse and abandonment, before there was war and worry, when people didn't kill one another and argue, when when there was genuine life as God intended it to be. You may remember in Genesis chapter 1, the first page of our Bible, 
that it says at the end of every day of creation, God says the same thing. He creates the mountains and the valleys and the rivers. He creates the the sun and the stars. He, He creates people. And every day at the end of it, it says God saw that it was what? Good. That Hebrew word is tov. It was, it was something that God looked at and said, this is unbroken. This is, this is right. And when these angels bring this message to a hillside outside of Bethlehem, they say, this is good news. God is restoring the way of Eden among the people of earth. Pastor David Youth, our, our lead pastor of First Orlando, who preaches from our John Young campus I've heard him say that if the stars only came out one time a year, we would all leave our houses, turn off all of the lights, and we would look at the sky to see the wonder of the stars. For me, it's the sunrise. I don't know if any of you are are morning people, but when I'm sitting on my back porch with a cup of coffee and I'm watching the sunrise, I, I can't help but think, God, you are good. If the sun only came up once a year, our beaches would be packed. I-4 would be a wreck. It is anyway, but you wouldn't be able to get to the beach because everybody would want to be standing on the shore watching the sun come up over the ocean. The problem is when it comes to our stars or our sun, when it comes to the breath in our lungs, the people in our lives, we so often take for granted what is most good. It's almost as if God's goodness and faithfulness is so profound that we don't even recognize it. I want to ask you a question for reflection. Where in your life do you recognize the goodness of God on display? Look, I I know that you've got challenges. I know life is hard. I know there's financial considerations and family challenges and marriage problems. I'm not uh, discounting any of that or dismissing it because the gospel doesn't either. I just know that God is good even in the midst of it. And maybe this week you just pause and say, God, thank you for your goodness. And listen, we only hear his goodness in whispers. We only see it in glimpses. The good news of the gospel is that what we only see the fringes of, God has invited us to fully participate in. A kingdom that will never end. A kingdom that is restored and that is good and that is unbroken. The promise of Luke 2 is that unto us a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. Let's look at one more thing that makes this good news really good, and it's the answer to the last question that I want to ask together, which is this, who is the good news for? Look again with me at Luke chapter 2 verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for whom? All the people. It's going to be for all the people. The reality this morning is that most good news is only good news for some, right? Right? Like, like the Roman rule, the Pax Romana was great if you were Roman. It was not so good if you were what was considered a barbarian that lived outside of the empire. The British Empire was great if you were British. Not so great for those in South Africa or India or the islands elsewhere. Most good news is good for some, but not for all. Let me put it in our context Every presidential election, half of the country is thrilled and half is distraught. Am I wrong? Or maybe you've been watching a certain soccer tournament going on and at the end of each match, one team is elated and the other is dejected. Most good news is not good news for all. But the good news of Jesus is different. 
Because the good news of Jesus is good news for every person. Every person can have the hope of salvation and eternal life because a savior was born at Bethlehem. Now, let me make a note about this original audience and the way that they help us answer the question of who this gospel is for. The angels come and say, unto you a savior is born and he's speaking to shepherds in Bethlehem. Now, these are low on the socio, maybe one of the lowest, if not the lowest on the socioeconomic totem pole. This is not who the good news of Caesar was meant to placate or satisfy. This is those who are the least and the lowest. And if the gospel came to the shepherds, it came through Joseph and Mary, a young couple who's the woman is unwed and having a child and they have no means and no reputation and no influence. The birth of Jesus itself and the context into which Christ is born tells us the answer to the question, who's the gospel for? It's for everyone. And then Jesus grows up and his life continues to illustrate that this is a gospel or a good news for all. Jesus was so prone to spending time with the rejects tax collectors and prostitutes and others that he earned a nickname. The religious leaders called him a friend of sinners to which Jesus replied in these words, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus' birth demonstrates the good news of the gospel. His life demonstrates that it's for all people. And then look at Jesus' death. Even at his death, as the Roman soldiers have stripped him naked and put him up on a cross with his hands and feet nailed and blood pouring out, and he's in the process of suffocating and dying, and he gasps out, Father, forgive them. This good news is for all. It's for those who are least and lowest. It's even for those who are enemies and far from God. His birth, his life his death, all sounding the same anthem. The good news is for all people. I'll tell you a, a quick story. There was a group of children, older children, 12, 13 years old, and they were trying to get to a, a large field, large open field to have a soccer match. And before they could get to the field was a 10-foot wooden fence that they couldn't get over, couldn't climb, couldn't get through, no gate. And so these kids start putting their brains together as kids are prone to doing. And, and one of the little boys goes, I, I think I can jump up and grab the top and pull myself over. But as high as he jumps, he can't get to the top. And the little girl says, hey, th there's a little hole in the fence. If, if I can get my fingers through it, I can start to pull myself up. But there wasn't enough of them for her to get over the fence. One boy says, hey, maybe we shouldn't try to get over it. We'll just get through it. I'll just knock the thing down. I'll just use force. And he runs and throws himself in. The fence doesn't budge. And all of a sudden, a little kitten makes its way under the fence and gets to the field. Because the goal was not to get over, but to get under. And this good news for all people, the ones who miss it are not the ones who are too low. It's not the ones who are too small in the eyes of the world. The ones who unfortunately miss the good news of the gospel is the ones that they think they can do it in their own strength and who are looking too high. The good news is that the gospel is for you. Christmas reminds us that greatness looks less like an emperor with an army and more like a baby in a manger. I told you earlier that Roman peace, Pax Romana, was gained through bloodshed. 
one of the most profound ways that this was demonstrated was in the Roman form of execution, which you know was the cross, crucifixion. And, and historians tell us that literally thousands of mostly men, mostly criminals, were crucified on these Roman crosses. And the word excruciating in English actually means out of the cross. There was never a more torturous or painful form of punishment. And here's why the Romans chose the cross. The cross was chosen to maintain peace. Because not only was it excruciating, but they would leave their victims hung so that anybody passing by would know, I better not step out of line. I better not go against the Caesar. I better keep the peace. It was a peace gained through bloodshed. And in a great plot twist, I want you to know clearly that the good news of Jesus was also gained through bloodshed. But it was not the shedding of the blood of others, but it was the shedding of the blood of the Son of God himself. That Jesus came not to conquer, but to give his life as a ransom, to die, and in his blood being shed on the cross, we would have life forever. Paul in Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says it this way, In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. What the enemies of God meant as derision, as conquest, as brutality, Jesus embraced and he did it for one reason alone, that you would have a true peace with God, that you would know the good news of salvation. We're going to do something today that we try to do with some regularity, and that's to take communion or to take the Lord's Supper together. A communion is simply a reminder of the death of Jesus. If you uh, did not get those elements when you walked in and you want to participate with us in communion, would you slip a hand up? And we've got some folks that can bring those around. And uh, Patrick, I think I'm going to need one as well. I failed to get that on my way up. Keep your hand up if you need the elements so we can make sure to, to get those to you. And as we're doing that, I do want you to know that if you're not comfortable participating or maybe you're not yet a follower of Jesus, that's okay. This moment's really not designed for you. We're glad you're here, but this is for those who are followers of Jesus, whose sins have been forgiven, who have received him in faith. Got one more up here. The scripture tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night before he would go to that Roman cross, he ate with the disciples and drank with the disciples, and taught the disciples. And you might remember even washed the feet of the disciples. Among those was one named Judas, who was later to betray him. Did you know that Jesus waited, or, or rather did not wait, until Judas was out of the room? He served Judas even, washed the feet even of Judas. And as he broke the bread and passed it to the disciples, he said these words, This is my body which is broken for you. Take whenever you eat it and do so in remembrance of me. As we take the element, the bread of the communion, as it's broken in our teeth, I want you to be reminded of the body of Jesus broken for you and give him thanks for it. Take and eat. Scripture tells us that in the same way Jesus took the wine distributed among the disciples, said, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for you. Take whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we take and we remember 
the blood of Jesus that forgave us. Drink. Let's pray together. God, I and, and so many others in the room uh, stand or sit in full recognition of our unworthiness, full recognition that, that we didn't deserve your love or your mercy, full recognition that we never could have gotten over that fence, we never could have achieved this on our own. God, thanks that you saw us, you came to us, you sent your son for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God, if there's anyone this morning, a man, a woman, a teenager, a child, who for the first time it's clicked, I, I need that gift of salvation. I need to have my sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus. God, would you let this be the day that they do that? Would you let them find a pastor, a staff member, a volunteer, a trusted adult, a parent, whoever it might be? God, we don't want to squander this good news, this hope of the world that you've given us in the, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you. We give you, great, we give you praise. We give you worship. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service times, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.